You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. The text number is 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay for this Good Morning Lambo edition. Tim, what's going on this morning, pal? Got that diesel in my cup. Oh, Got that man. diesel going, Clayton. Oh, let's lord. I already had diesel earlier. Let me hit it for you real quick. Tim got the diesel flowing. Me personally, I had some diesel earlier this morning, and I've now switched to Coke Zero. Okay. Oh, so now you're you're unleaded. Now you're going to yeah. unleaded. Well, it's more like this right here. There's your there's your uh, your Coke Zero video. All right. Um, <laughs> by the way, sponsor the show, Coke. Um, now we uh, I, I came downstairs, had a cup of coffee, and and you know got started early this morning. And then looked in that fridge and seen that leftover meatloaf. And I went, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into that meatloaf early today. Mm-hmm. So getting to jump on tomorrow, getting the stomach nice and stretched out, you know, getting ready for Thanksgiving. You got a condition, little, boys. You little prep, know. little pregame. The will to prepare is more important than the will to win. Always remember that, right? We got Jeremy in the house here. We got Omer said, hey, don't forget to hit that like. We appreciate that, Omer. Yeah, y'all hit that like button for us real quick. Christian says, morning, boys. Let's go. M. Smitty in the house saying good morning. Check good morning, Packer backers. United Bates in here. Boz, got the whole crew. Eric Sutherland, oh, hopefully this isn't uh, inappropriate. I always got to <laughs> hesitate to put Eric Sutherland's chat on the screen. Homeschooling the kids today. All right, so I'll be listening. Good stuff, Eric. Good stuff, man. I love that. I'm homeschooling the kids, so naturally I'll be listening to the Packer content that I love the most. <laughs> Bro, that's the education. That's right. Football education. Let's go. That needs to be the revamped educational system in the United States of America right there. Just everybody sit around and listen to their favorite favorite football podcasts and uh, and learn about the great game that that we love. Let's see. Your dead fish said, get your stomach into playing shape. Absolutely, man. It's all about pad level, fork level, all that, right? Um, You got to get ready for Thanksgiving, dude. Carly Ray says, good morning, y'all. I can't hang. Got to travel across the state today to go visit family, but I'll be cheering with you, you all on Thursday. Uh, we'll be uh, be safe out there, Carly. Safe travels. Have a good time. Enjoy family. It's going to be a great holiday, man. I'll tell you, uh, Thanksgiving's the best. Anytime you tie in a holiday with food and football, it doesn't get <laughs> any better than that. What's up, Nick? We got Nick in the house here. All right, let's get into it, Tim. Uh, just a couple kind of headlines, I guess you could say. Not really headlines, but things I wanted to hit on real quick. I thought this was cool. Um, Carl Brooks, PFF, uh, Green Bay Packers account. You guys need to follow him. It's at PFF underscore Packers. Anytime a key statistic drops from PFF's uh, you know website that's kind of revolving around the Packers, they'll tweet it out. And it's just, like I said, it's a really good follow. So Carl Brooks, 81.0 PFF grade versus the Chargers, was the first amongst rookie defensive linemen and second of all rookie defenders. So 
remind me again, Tim, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I'm asking because I don't know right offhand. What round was Carl Brooks drafted in? Oh, man. You're going to right? give me a Jake Shavink question this early in the morning? Actually, I'm going to do it right now. I'm looking it up. You just say something smart. I'm going to I'm going to guess fourth. Okay, let's see. That's just my guess. I, you know, Jacob might know too. This is wow. Jacob's dude right here. Shout out to, to yeah. Jacob. Six round number one seventy nine. Holy cow! A sixth rounder, and he graded out first amongst rookie defensive linemen and second amongst all rookie defenders last week. So yeah, so clearly upgrade over uh, Dean Lowry for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, and, and think about that. Think about that grade, and then think about what Dean Lowry did last year. Think about what Jaron Reed did last year. Um, definitely improved by going younger, and you got to give Goody credit for that, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what Carl Brooks does. You know, Kobe Wooden was another one that everyone was excited about. Carl Brooks was the one who flashed to me. There were there were many people talking about Kobe Wooden in training camp, and I'm going, but listen, look at the reports on Carl. And you could hear LaFleur on some of the videos in training camp yelling at the top of his lungs, great job, Carl, great job, Carl. It was just like every play he was flashing. I remember Andy Herman talking about that. I remember Matt Schneiman uh, talking about that. So um, pretty cool that they got him. Uh, it looks like they got a stud there in a late round. And if if he turns into a starter somehow, some way, Tim, and if you think about the future, obviously Kenny's going to be on the roster next year because of the cap penalty that's attached to his cap hit. If he's going to be on the roster next year, and obviously De- Devontae Wyatt, if Devontae Wyatt continues to struggle, there's a chance that Carl Brooks will, I don't want to say completely supplant him, but you're going to get that snap count a little a little more even, right, if they don't let Ego get in the way. Now, I hope Devontae Wyatt smokes Carl Brooks because you got that money tied up, that high draft pick tied up in, in Devontae Wyatt, which, by the way, I was big on Devontae Wyatt. Still am because of the pass rush ability. You just got to get that run defense down. Yeah. Devontae Wyatt's just still putting it together. You know, he's still kind of piece, piecing it together, still a work in progress like mm-hmm. a lot of these players. But um, high ceilings, man, high ceilings. There it is. There's the comment I was waiting for. <laughs> Hit him with that fish. <laughs> Too bad he didn't have a good RAS score. Yeah. Isn't it funny uh, how that works? If I remember correctly, Carl Brooks had the highest PFF grade of any rookie uh, I'm sorry, any college player last year, I believe. It was something crazy, Tim. He was, like, right at the top. And everybody's like, yeah, well, that's because he plays. I think it was Bowling Green is who he played. We played for some small school. And they're like, that's eh, because he plays that small school. I'm, okay, here you are. <laughs> Lo and behold, he flashes in training camp, and now he's making plays in a regular season. Granted, you know, kind of a small sample size of snaps, but nonetheless doing what he's got to do in a pinch there for the team for sure. Um, Absolutely. See here, uh, Nick McSwain in the chat says, the more I look at the injury report, the worse I feel. Going to need Tim to get out there and pads soon. Lace it up, Tim. Got the helmet back here. Throw that helmet back on, Tim. Get out there, <laughs> bro. We need you. We need We're, you. I know if you put Tim now, in. I don't know how helpful that would be, but, hey, I'm willing to do whatever we whatever I can for our team. I think you get out there and hit a 40-yard field goal every now and again, Tim. Just send them out there. and Tim, can you hit this one? And I'll kick the bloody piss out of it. Every you know it. Time. Every you know time. it. Get me on a plane to Detroit. It's not that long of a flight. <laughs> Omer in the chat said, Wyatt is horrid versus the run, but good as a pass rusher. He had gotten up to fourth in the NFL a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's And it sucks, too, because when you spend a uh, first-round pick on someone, you want him to be kind of that. It, really, I think the goal was for him to be molded into Kenny's replacement. And then, you know, you know, two years from now, he is just our go-to D tackle, right? But it's just yeah. – Right now, the run defense is so far off. He just he plays out of control, man. That's the big thing. He's he's in and out of the wrong gap. He's he's washing into other people's rush lane, and that like you seen. I think it was two weeks ago, right? Let's see. It was not the Chargers game, but the week before, uh, the quarterback scrambled, and I remember him getting washed out of the play and didn't contain the way he was supposed to. Right? It just kind of got turned completely around, and it's because he's just he's a ball of energy. And just this, this like we talk about, this clay of just raw talent, right? And yep. he just doesn't play under control right now is the best best I can tell for sure. Uh, Omer says, Kobe Wooden also playing very well. Uh, Brooks been the better one versus pass and Wooden versus the run. So you get these role players for sure. Eric Sutherland said, if you can play ball, you can play Brooks. Uh, you can play ball. If you can play ball, you can play ball. Brooks was a steal. Absolutely. Completely yep. agree, man. Completely agree. 
That's Omer right. Says Sutherland, spot on. We don't care about a RAS score. Why? All I care about is what that scoreboard says at the end of the game, man. Amen. We get so caught. And listen, the, the statistics, the analytics, analytics, they're important, right? They have their place. But some people, it's just, you know, it's like we were talking about with the yards that the defense has given up. I don't care about the yards. I don't. Is it – are the yards – is the score a byproduct of the yards? In most cases, yeah. But if if you're going to – if you're going to literally grade a defense or even an offense off how many yards they gain as opposed to the points they score and how well they play, how effective they are in the red zone and all those important things, I'm sorry, man. That's where we part ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't do it. I can't. Uh, as uh, Will Farrell said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nick McSwain says, uh, I think Jones would be most helpful. Um, are the Lions even going to be concerned about stopping the run? You know, one thing that you could do, if if you're going to try to establish a run against the Lions, run a little inside and just have A.J. with a full head of steam soften that defense a little bit. I mean, just be willing to accept the fact you're only going to gain two yards of carry, but let's stay in the A and B gap, and I mean just pound them. You and do I mean? it on first down. Do it yeah. on early downs, man. Make Keep that Detroit defense honest. Yeah, and historically one thing that has not worked out of the condensed sets against Detroit all the way back to really – uh, 2021, if I remember correctly, is where the struggle started. Both games in 2022, and then earlier this year, you can't fool them with those condensed set end arounds. Much like we've seen on the third and one there, uh, you know that we complained about on Chalk Talk, Tim. Mm-hmm. The, the lines are all over that stuff. If you're going to run some of those reverses, spread it out and show them a different look first, because they've been all over it the last few times we played them. There's no doubt. Yeah, and you don't want to run on Detroit with a stack box. That's just a recipe for disaster. I don't care who your running back is. Right. Nick McSwain says, Taylor and Dylan, not my preferred running back duo. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree with that. But play to your strength, you know, play to their strengths. What is it that Dylan does well, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, from the Lions perspective, they beat us, if I remember correctly, they beat us by 14 points last time, right? So think of how they're looking at it going into this game, Tim. They're going in going, okay, let's look at their last four-game saturation and let's put a lot of stock in the last time we played them. What did they do against us last time? I think we would all agree this is a different football team from the last time the Packers and the Lions played. Both teams are different. Both teams, yep, for sure. And whoever thought we'd be standing here at this point of the year talking about Jared freaking Goff being like lights out in Detroit. Great not elite, Tim. Great not elite. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you would have told me, hey, Detroit's going to trade Matt Stafford and get better, I'm going to go, what? And then it's kind of what happened, really, if we look look back. Of course, you know, I, I don't know, man. I just think this that we got to, um, you know, we can't get distracted by this, these elephants in the room, right? We know we're banged up. We know we don't have any running backs, really. We know, you know, we know all these things. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if you formulate a game plan, you know, knowing that, Knowing that your opponent's probably like, well, they're not going to run on us. If anything, I'm dedicating a game plan to scheming some run, some good runs against this team and see if we can catch them sleeping. You know, we can say what we want about Patrick Taylor. Hey, the the guy's in the NFL for a reason. There's a reason he was the first call, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that Goody made. Did you did you actually see that? That little I forgot. I think it might have been Matt Schneidman did a story about um, I guess New England had a buy. So, uh he was sitting there with his with his lady watching the game, and he looked over at her, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to get a call." Yeah, and then like two minutes <laughs> later, his yeah. phone rang. <laughs> Imagine that you're sitting there watching the game, hanging out, and you see uh, Jonesy go down with the injury. I'm probably going to get a call from Green Bay. The game wasn't even over yet, and his I'm girls sure. looking at him like, "Dude, we just moved all our crap." Yeah, to to New England. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, get it together. Time to get on a plane. That's a big misconception, too. People, I think people have uh, this inaccurate understanding of what it's like to be an NFL player. Like, I've got a good friend of mine who is a former practice squad player. He actually played for the Chiefs, or he played for the Patriots. He played for the Chiefs. And they don't get paid a whole lot of money. And they're constantly moving moving their family around. Understand that, let's say he got settled into Foxborough and took out uh, you know, a one-year lease, right? And then all of a sudden, now he's got to pack up and go back to Green Bay. There's a deposit involved in that lease. There's probably a year-long commitment involved in that lease, right? Yeah. So 
And I know some people are going, oh, spare me, Clayton. I make 40 grand a year. I got I understand what that that's a valid argument too. But this this whole misconception that these players are just, oh, they're loaded to the nine. And you know, Not those they're really it's the top 10 on each roster are the ones that are really like set. Everyone else is kind of they're having to watch their money, <laughs> you know. Just like everybody else. Yeah, practice squad players probably probably not making that much more right. than uh, your average guy out here just trying to make make it happen. Really. Yeah, that's why I got a lot of respect for him because they put everything else in life on hold, and you know he he may come out here for a week and then Jonesy's back and guess what? He's paid again. You know. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, or he I may mean, ball out in Detroit tomorrow, and he might be here for a while. You never know. Right. <laughs> it's SKL in the chat says, I'd be interested in moving Quay outside. He's got the size and the speed to rush the passer. McDuffie and Devondre inside Gary on the other side with Van Ness, Clark, and Brooks with their hand in the dirt. You know, with Quay, to me, Quay, he's got the athleticism. He's got the speed to rush the passer, but he doesn't have those pass rush moves, right? They haven't worked on that, obviously. Quay is a better fit, in my opinion, in playing kind of a uh, – I don't know if he's necessarily a slam dunk Sam backer in a 4-3, but definitely a 4-3 outside linebacker suits Quay the most, in my opinion. Um, someone who is good enough in coverage to cover the tight end, right, um, but also be able to put the Sam on the line and rush the quarterback off the edge. But, again, you, that's something he's got to work on, and you could tell they haven't worked with him on that at all. You know, Most of the time when he blitzes, it's not about – setting an offensive lineman up and beating them with a good pass rush move. It's about using the quickness to get outside or to come off a, a, a TE stunt, that type of thing and create a free runner or what they call, I'm sorry, a scrape, more of a scrape linebacker where you'll have a defensive lineman jam in like a TT or an ET stunt and the linebacker will scrape to the quarterback uh, more, more along those lines. But yeah, I think he is versatile enough to, to do what you're saying. Just going to take some time to develop those skills for sure. Uh, Christian said, Goody's blinded by the RAS. Yeah. It's a, uh, and again, they're not looking at RAS, I'm sure, but they're, they're looking at the equivalent of their relative athletic score, right? They've got a database with all these players in that go, okay, this is who this guy comps out to. Um, here is, here is our threshold. We don't want to take anyone below these thresholds. The part that bothers me is you're seeing a common occurrence that in the first round, they are really keen in on that athletic ability, right? They're, they're looking at the upside over, how good of a football player they are right now. And then in the third round, you're seeing them miss a lot in the third round. And like Goody spilled the beans, loose lips sink ships. He he offered information he didn't need to offer at that last presser, um, which is amazing because he only speaks two times a year. But he said something along the lines of, you know, usually when th that third round pick is our is in our top 50 on our draft board. And everybody was like, whoa, you mean to tell me that every third round pick you've taken – since you've been a, a general manager, we're in your top 50. I wouldn't go offering that information <laughs> because you have swung and missed. But I think it, it comes back to, you know, that athletic score as well. So, um, yeah, good conversation here. Though. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's SKL. Thank you for the super chat. He says, thanks for the Wix clip last night. Absolutely, man. Um, that's what we're here for, dude. We, uh, I don't know, man, we try to. We try to bring you we try to bring you the things that are applying right now, right? As opposed to here was my opinion six months ago and I want to stand on it and try to still hammer that point home that I was right or I I wasn't wrong. Um want to kind of stay in real time and just chase down exactly what's going on with the team. So we appreciate you acknowledging that. Uh thank you so much. Um all right, let's do this, Tim. And thank you for the super chat. Uh it's SKL. I'm just gonna call you SKL if that's all right with you, man. But we we appreciate the super chat. So we talked about Carl Brooks there, really cool, seeing a young players kind of step up and get acknowledged across the league. And uh, right here, this was really cool. Ryan Wood uh, tweeted out, said, Matt LaFleur has actually asked about playoff possibility. He said, I don't want to go full Jim Mora. Um, I don't want to go Jim Mora on you, but we've got a hell of an opponent staring, us, staring at us on a short week, and that's our focus. Tim, let me translate to you what Matt LaFleur was trying to say. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game, another game. Essentially, that's what he was saying. But I, you know, I, I like it when Matt Lafleur kind of shows that he's human, right? 
And everybody knows we play the heck out of that clip on this show. Uh, we love it. And there's some great – I actually tweeted it out just a second ago, and it's getting all kinds of interaction because people just love the old football clips. The Denny Green one, uh, someone special requested the Mike Gundy, right? Um, the uh, I'm a man, I'm 40. It's pretty cool to have a coach that's kind of in tune with, with that type of stuff, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to have a coach with a young team like this, and he's committed to the focus, right? Like, we got one game in front of us right now. You know, we as fans like to get ahead of ourselves a lot of time. This is a week-to-week league. Um, you know, you can only win one game at a time. You can only prepare for one game at a time. You know, I mean, but, like, we're in an interesting position here because this team is, you know, trying to prove itself. These players are trying to prove themselves, and we're extremely banged up. We're going into a primetime game against, you know, let's be honest, a better football team, a better opponent here. In a, in a pretty critical game to uh, the development of our team and also how this season, the rest of this season is going to go. And uh, I just think it's really cool to see our coach, you know, kind of shooting that out of the water right away. Like we're not, we're not here to talk about playoffs right now. We're here, we're here to talk about how we're going to find a way. I wish you would have said this, but mm-hmm. find a way to manufacture a running game <laughs> <laughs> and keep ourselves in the mix and squeak out, a probably less than seven point margin of victory over a division rival in a huge game. That's the focus, you know, and I think there's an emphasis on guys, you know, getting themselves ready to even be able to play this game. I think we had a walkthrough yesterday, you know, we had no practice Monday. Um, You know, it's going to take everything it is just to get these guys padded up and out there on the field. Um, So, you know, I think we have the right, right attitude in that locker room and for a young team a team as young as ours it's pretty cool to see these guys you know focus doesn't seem to be an an issue a lot of times you have that problem when you've got a young team you've got guys that are their attention's diverted to things that are are not football related or you know they're thinking about things they shouldn't be you know this team they have they have a focus and the focus is to get better every every single week and um you know it's a short week they got to get better and everything is is stacked against them this week. There's like, I mean, are there any positives going into this game other other than finding out that Aaron Jones did not completely destroy his knee? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Yeah. And that's great news for sure. Um, the super chat from It's SKL it just hit me. I thought you might have been referring to Chalk Talk, but you hit me up on Twitter asking for a clip of Tay Wicks drawing another, another pass interference. Call. So I got you, man. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. Anytime you need a clip like that, hit me up. I've typically got it in the database. I've been. I, you know, I don't think people believe me, Tim, when I, when I told them. I know a lot of people rolled their eyes when I when I first started podcasting. I said I watch every snap three times. <laughs> I really do. I'm a geek. I'm a nerd, man. Um, so typically, whatever the clip is, I immediately go, if you can give me a timestamp, I can get to it quick because um, I've got all that stuff kind of saved and chopped up and all that. So it's something I'm going to do whether I had a podcast or not, and I really enjoy it for sure. But, again, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Um, Jim Tyson says the minimum salary – for NFL practice squad players, twelve thousand per week. After accruing two years, it goes to sixteen thousand one hundred dollars. Well, I'll dollars. take back my comments. Then I thought it was lower <laughs> than that. Yeah, no, they're they're okay. They're doing yeah. okay. <laughs> I still, man, I look at it like, um, I don't know, man. You, you talk about having to move your family back across the country. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing, too: she may not even pack up. It might just be him. Well, guess what? When he gets here. We we know where the players typically stay, Tim. There's like three different spots if they're going to stay around the 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 stadium and actually not buy a place and they're going to rent or lease. You got two leases going. I'm telling you, man. You got family members. You got friends you haven't talked to since kindergarten. All of a sudden, they're popping up, going, "Hey, man, good to see you. Can I can I hold a Benny? You can go through that money real quick, man. Yeah, real that's quick. true. That's sure. true. But um, you're right, though. It's not like they're bagging groceries and, you know, struggling. Yeah, I, mean, I got you. 45, 50K a month is 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 okay to play yeah. football, I think, especially for a young guy. So, yeah. But you're right. That is peanuts compared to, uh, you know, big boy money in the NFL. But that's what those guys are playing for, right? Yep. We got Mike Hebring in the chat. Appreciate you swinging through, buddy. He says 45 to 10 lines. Injuries worth about 10 points for the lines in this one. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a tough look there. <laughs> All right, bye, Mike. Get get Mike off the screen. We need more positivity. Thank get him out of here. Appreciate you dropping in there, buddy. Um, I know Vegas has got it at seven right now, seven points. Um, I believe, and I think the green line, which I've got it right here. Matter of fact, let's just hit it real quick. Bang. Um, yeah. So uh, actually, would it be the summary? Maybe the summary. There it is at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so let me drop this down real quick. We'll come right back to it, Mike. Yeah, so uh, the green line has it at 7.1, and um, it looks like it's actually a a 7.5-point market right now. So essentially the lines are 7.5-point favorites the way it sits right now. The green line, which is kind of the analytics that PFF uses to determine what they think is a more realistic line, has it at 7.1. So if you believe that, Mike, and you're a betting man, bro. That should be a slam dunk bet for you. You know, that's plenty of <laughs> plenty of leeway there. You could probably even uh I don't know, man, you could probably uh twist it a little bit in the other direction and, and make it even more profitable. I don't think it's gonna be that big of a blowout. Um, I think the Lions defense has been struggling here lately. Their offense is solid, but our defense has kind of peaked, especially uh, against the Chargers there. So uh I don't know, man. I think it'd be a lot closer. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by a couple touchdowns, you know, but you're going to make me play that clip, Clayton. Which one? <laughs> I got <laughs> Oh, I got you there. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, you're not going to get me to buy into them losing by 35 points. Like, I just can't. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it is extremely unlikely there for sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. Jim Tossin in the chat said, well, if you're only on the squad for three weeks, that's not a lot of cash. That's a good point, too. And he said, I wasn't trying to argue against you, Clayton. I agree that if you have multiple leases going and you're bouncing from practice squad to practice squad, right? And, and again, like we said, it's it's not a crazy amount of money, um, in my opinion, but also it's it's more than the average person's making to do a job they probably don't want to do, right? And these players are out there chasing their dream. 
But, uh, yeah, man, I didn't think you were arguing either. I appreciate you clarifying, though, buddy. Thank you for taking time. Omer said 31-28 Packers. I like it. Omer been on a positive streak here lately, dude. I'm digging it right there. Zane Strong says 42-31 to 31 Packers on top. Look at this, Tim. There we go. We got people drinking the Kool-Aid in here. I'm digging it. Um, let's see what else we got. Nick McSwain said, I don't think I've ever seen an injury report with more people on it. What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? There ain't nothing wrong with that injury report. Kidding me? What What do you see wrong here? <laughs> Damn, look at this. We got people at home trying to scroll their screen just to read it. Oh, man. God, that's wild, dude. I, I refuse to take the comment down so you can see the rest of it, too. That, that right ah. there is enough for me. We'll just end it, Darnell Savage. Which, by the way, there's some rumors that he's getting close, Tim, that uh, we may have Savage back in the lineup soon. Uh, you guys don't need me to comment on that to know my opinion. I, like we're finally starting to defense is settling in here a little bit. And what do you think about that, Tim? Savage is healthy tomorrow. Would you play him? Oh, well, hey, we might not have a choice. We, we might have to. That's a good point. Right. That's probably why Matt LaFleur said what he said, too. Like, oh, we better build this guy up. We're hurting. <laughs> yep. Yep. And like I said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Darnell's a good teammate and he's a good leader. Um, he provides uh, a veteran presence. Um, on the back end of this defense. Um, however, those are those are probably the highlights that, that we're going to have of him. Um, you know, on the field, it, it can be a different story with him sometimes, but he's also kind of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy because every once in a while, Savage will break off a really nice game for us. So, you know, he's coming off of this, you know, this injury, and he may be hungry, man. So, you know, if, we may have to throw him out there. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to try and be positive and Say if he does go, hopefully, hopefully he makes an impact out there. Yeah. She's had Murph in the house says, Do we think we want the ball first or after halftime? Hold this on, we gotta find out. Is Murph hung over? How was your how was your birthday, man? Oh, Murph, yeah. We need yeah. to know that for sure, dude. Did, did Murph have daddy sodas last night? I need an update. You didn't end the, you didn't wake up this morning in somebody's front yard, did you? Like you gotta <laughs> That's that's never happened to me back in the day. I yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, now he said, "Do we think we want the ball first or after halftime?" Um, I used to be the guy, and I probably still am, but I used to think that's stupid to want the ball first. Plan on taking it after halftime. You can manipulate the clock at the end of the second quarter. You can kind of get two back-to-back possessions. That's the way I always look at it. Send your defense out there, get a stop, and play from ahead the rest of the game. Well. Many coaches, including LaFleur, to the best of my knowledge, and we know how important it is to get out front of a lead now. A lot of the analytics show that's the way to go is to try to score first. I know that sounds silly, but get on the board first and put the pressure on the other team. Um, you know, with that being said, I'm, I'm a lot closer to 50-50 on that now, Murph, but me personally, I would rather defer. Make sure you got the win with you in the fourth quarter and, uh, and just get the ball back after halftime and, you know, Go out and try to win that first half and put yourself in a position at the end of the second quarter to win the middle eight and manipulate the ball, the, the possession of, you know, being able to get the ball back after halftime. That's kind of how I see it. How do you see that, Tim? What would you prefer? Normally I'm the, the, uh, the same. I like, I like to put my defense out there um, and uh, do exactly what you're saying, man. I, I like to defer, um, go get a three and out. And then we just we take that away. You know, we get the ball back right away. However, I will tell you this, that we can't do that. We we have to take the ball right away. We have to get the offense going right away. We have to try and go up seven nothing on Detroit right away and then get a stop and then continue. Um, I think this game, it's going to be so important to start good, start fast. And, um, you know, we got to get rolling right away. This is not a game that we're going to like settle into and. You know, right. like that, that, that's not going to happen. That's what, that's the attitude we had last time and we got boat raced. So yeah. I think it's important that we take the ball. We, we put Jay money and the boys out there and we start marching down that, that field. Yeah. Chris in the chat says, I just don't see how the Packers can score, score more than 20 points. The, uh, the Lions defense has been horrible, Chris, um, here of lately. I think I've got the number here. If I do, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah. Here you go. Points per game. Um, let's see. Let me drop it down. Oh, wrong one. All right. Let me get this chat out of here real quick. So when you talk about overall defenses, right? Um, NFL team opponent points per game. Notice Detroit is nowhere in the, uh, the top 14 there. Right. Um, so 
They're giving up a lot more points now. When you go a defensive points per play, Detroit nowhere in the top 12 there, right? And then actually I think this is more specified. Here we go, points per game. So points per game, uh, Detroit comes in at 22nd. So they're giving up 22.9 points per game. And in the last three, they're giving up 26 points per game. When you talk about points per play, Detroit is all the way down to 26th in the league. They're giving up 0.37 points per play in the last three games, 0.42 points per game. And then defensive yards per play, they're 16th at 5.2. And uh, so their defense has been playing like hot booty, but – and not in a good way, by the way, not not the good hot booty. Um, <laughs> so when you, when you talk about – you know, can we score 20 points? I just don't see us scoring more than 20 points. I, th- I think what you're saying there, and, and I agree with it, Chris, is the offense is so banged up, right? If we don't have Tay Wicks, we don't have Musgrave, that's going to be – you don't have Aaron Jones. I mean, Tim, you're – yeah, yeah I don't mean like to be doom and gloom, but that's that's a pretty rough look, right? Hey, I like it, though, because that's what they're thinking, too. You know, they're going to – they're they're at home. They're going to be comfy. Hey, we, we boat raced them last time. They're banged up. We got this. This ain't nothing. I, I'm – you know – now this is a Dan Campbell coach team, so maybe not. He's, if anything, he's probably grabbing these dudes by the neck and telling them, "Do not screw this off," thinking that you're just going to walk all over Green Bay. But right. there's definitely that vibe that we don't have a snowball's chance in H E double hockey sticks to win this game, and I, I believe we do. I believe young players, young team like this, you know, you hear uh, the, it's almost like they're not even conscious of of that crap. You know, you got a bunch of young guys that are going out here trying to play. And um, I think this is a great opportunity to shock the world, personally. Um, I'm with Omer. I'm with, uh, you know, everybody else being positive about this. And injuries are something every team deals with in the National Football League. We just happen to be more banged up than than average right now. And um, I still think we have enough pieces out there to, to uh, like I said, try and manufacture a run game, uh, put some points on the board. But we need an absolute uh performance of epic proportions by our defense to to be in this game per- personally that's what i believe if we start giving up tutters to jared goff and, and this detroit lions offense we're now we're in trouble but if we can do what we've done all year ben don't break right hold them to a field goal when necessary hey here's another thing how about creating a turnover how about a splash play on defense that'll tilt the game you know I believe we have a chance personally, and and I don't, you know, I hope I'm right. I'll, I'll be eating my words on Friday if if in fact I'm wrong, but I, I don't know something. I got a good feeling about this, man. You know, normally we're not so great against Detroit. I think we're on like a three or four game losing streak against them, and uh, I believe the last time we played on Thanksgiving wasn't a good look either. Um, it's time, man. We're due, and you know, at the end of the day banged up or not you got to go there's a game to play we got to go play football and nobody nobody's going to sit there and listen to guys talk about how oh well guys were hurt so you know we got boat raced that doesn't save your job (laughs) yeah that that has nothing to do with you doing your job so you know i hope these guys are fired up um like you said clayton though playing playing within the scheme playing under control that can be an issue um you know not just with Devontae wyatt like we talked about earlier there's a lot of guys that we've seen fly and miss tackles things like that because you know, you're, you're tuned up for that game and you're hype and you're excited, but you're not playing discipline. So hopefully, uh, you know, these guys put it together. And uh, I do think it's going to fall on our defense to keep us in this game, though, for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. Defense shows up. If they can hold them to 20 points or less, I think we got a shot. If they if they crack that 23 mark, probably probably going to be a long day. Right. And, and yeah. I think we'll kind of have a really good idea by the end of the first quarter. If oh, it's yeah. neck and neck by the end of the first quarter. I think the advantage kind of tilts in our favor with us being a second half team, you know, obviously. But and this has all the makings of a of a low scoring game, which would help us, right? If we keep yeah. this low scoring, I think that favors us in this matchup as a, yeah. as opposed to a shootout. Completely agree. Boz says, like Jake said yesterday, injury list as long as a CVS receipt. It's so true, man. Uh, SKL in the chat says, a couple months ago, I tweeted that Dom Wicks was was the most complete receiver on the roster. Uh, Devondre Campbell liked the tweet and seems to agree. Thoughts? It, you know, it it's hard for me to say he's better than Romeo right now, right? 
But I will say this. The only reason I hesitate to say that, SKO, is because he hasn't got the same amount of snaps as Romeo, right? Sometimes when someone comes in off the bench and they're only getting, you know, 20 to 30 snaps as opposed to or comparatively speaking to like Romeo is getting 50 or 60, um, you're kind of getting put in these favorable matchups. And the, the defense has got a game plan to maybe put a safety over top of Watson, right? And then they got their best corner on, on Romeo Dobbs, and that's going to free Wicks up, right? That's the only hesitation I have. With that being said, the situations that are put in front of Tay Wicks, I completely agree with you, man. Like, and that's all we can really truly judge, you know? It's just that's the only caveat, the only hesitation I have is, is he getting matched up on uh, on much worse DBs and in some cases even linebackers dropping into coverage if they're playing a little hole or something? Um, that's the only thing that kind of, you know, makes me kind of hesitate a little bit. But we're going to find out as soon as he gets healthy. It just sucks, man. If he played against Detroit, if he was healthy against Detroit, if if everyone was healthy other than Musgrave, I would still feel okay because it's all right. Let's just lean on eleven personnel. But with Wicks most likely being out, and uh, and Musgrave being out, and Reed banged up, it's like you're probably going to see a lot of Ben Sims and some twelve. That would be my guess. Um, and I am excited to watch Tucker Craft though because you've seen the explosiveness on Sunday. That was not a player playing tight. He was. That was someone who looked comfortable on that play on an NFL field. And you had grown men diving at his legs and him hurtling them on the sideline and everything. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Tucker Craft does. Let's see if he can step up this week, right? Um, there's going to be a lot of chipping, too, for sure. Uh, Jarrell in the chat says, Savage is a slot corner. You know, I'm sitting here dogging on Savage, not not to be to make it personal or anything, but I'm just not a big Savage fan. He's under, He's been underwhelming. It does feel like he played better in the slot last year, though, Tim. So what if he does get healthy and they put him in the slot? Let me ask you this. Who would you rather have play slot? Based off of what we've seen last year, would you rather have Savage playing slot or Keyshawn Nixon? I think it's probably Savage over Nixon, and that'll free Nixon up to do a little more punt returning and, and be a little more effective there too. What do you think about that? I would agree with that. Um, I don't know, though. It's tough because going back to last year, you you have a point. Um, but I'm also looking at the smattering of what we've seen this year. Um, I, I don't know. I think it might be a slight improvement. You could be right, especially uh, tactically at this point when we're we're banged up. And, yeah, maybe freeing Keyshawn up to uh, pop him in the backfield or something or maybe put him in the slot on offense on a play. I, I, I can see that. And and I certainly agree with the sentiment that Savage can play there. Um, he's, he's shown us he can play there. Um, but I definitely would think that that's probably – just for continuity and consistency with this, with our defense. I think that's something we see only if, if uh, our hand is forced and we really have to do that. Um, which of course we're pretty close to that happening. So we might actually see that you never know. It depends on how the game goes too. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to get through a, you know, an entire football game too. We're, we're talking about the injuries going into this game. We got to play this game too. You know, if anything, getting out of Detroit with the win is great. A bonus would be getting out of there with, without more injuries. So um, yeah. I think if Savage is active, I mean, we may have to put guys wherever at this point, but <laughs> you know, at least it is reassuring. That's a great point though. Yeah. He's, he's certainly uh, serviceable as a, as a slot corner um, in a pinch if we need it. But then the question becomes, you know, what, do, what does that mean for, for safeties, you know, with, uh, you know, is Rudy Ford out? Or are we thinking he's going to play? Yeah. You know, and then J.O., we, we talked about – what's Rudy for it? Bicep. Been limited, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think there's possible. a chance to play. Like you said yesterday, Tim, there's a good chance half of these guys play. Yeah. But, again, you know, and then what – even if you're you're going, you know, what are you what are you really at? Are we getting a, a 60% or 80% Rudy Ford? You know, we don't know how bad some of these nagging injuries can be. But that's also part of, you know, football, right? Playing through it, being tough. I don't know. I don't know what planet Luke Musgrave is from, but, you know, lacerating your kidney and then basically sucking it up and finishing a football game. Just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I didn't even know they still made players like that. Honestly, that's like almost a throwback to a bygone era in this game. Yeah. Um, you've got a guy with internal organ damage finishing a football game. You want to talk about toughness. So I think, um, you know, this is a test for this team. Um, but yeah, all hands on deck, man. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully we figure it out though. But if Savage moves to the slot, then what? Yeah, that's my question. Do we go 
Ant Johnson and uh, J.O. back there? Do we yeah. switch and just put Keyshawn on, on the strong side, put Keyshawn at safety? Right. I, I would say this. Um, it's now gotten to the point, you know, I was the one saying I want to see Jonathan Owens over Savage just to see what we had. We've seen what we got now. Um, I would rather have Savage over there over Owens. But in an ideal situation, I want Anthony Johnson Jr. and Rudy Ford. That's the combo I want to see right now. Um, I think both of those players have shown enough to suggest that they would be the better safety tandem. That's just me personally. Deadfish in the chat says, I think we'll probably get behind early, but the Packers youth will have more gas at the end of the game on the short week and come back in the second half. That would be a lot of fun on Thanksgiving, gnawing on that turkey bone for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Shavink in the chat said, does that change in a dome for you, Clayton? Jake, if you would specify what you mean there. I think uh, he's I think talking about the what you were saying about deferring. Gotcha. Uh, with the kickoff and things like that. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess what he's saying there is removing the whole win factor and right. being able to maximize that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to say no, Jay. I want to say no. I, I just like the idea of, hey, look, guys, if we go out here and we kick them in the mouth on this opening drive and we stop them and the offense, you go and you grit up and you go get that first score, we've got a chance to control and manipulate the clock the rest of the game, right? Because we can make sure that we score last in that two-minute drill right before halftime, whether it's a field goal or seven points, and then we can come out in the second half, get the ball back. you got all the momentum. Just the way I've always looked at it. And like Mike Hebring said later here in the chat, he said, I always take the ball. Yeah, right here he said, uh, always take the ball and score first, in my opinion. That seems to be the popular opinion for sure, Mike. I just always find myself looking at it in the other the other direction, man. So uh, It's kind of what happened last time we played Detroit, right? We we ended up, you know, they had the ball. We get a, we get a, a splash play from our defense, but we didn't do anything with it, right? So yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, Murph in the chat said, uh, you guys made my day yesterday. Thanks for the acknowledgement. Do you make our day every time we see your face in there, buddy? We appreciate you supporting the stream, man. You always have since day one. I think you're the first person I remember seeing comment, Murph. Hey, we're going to call him Mount, Mount Rushmore Murph. Yeah. it's I'm telling you, it's Murph and Eric Sutherland on that Mount Rushmore, and then we got to add two more. we got to figure that out for sure. Um, but, yeah, pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Jake K says, Nasia, uh, I'm thinking – will be a little bit little bit lower scoring now that I have to think about it. I could see it playing out either way, really. And, and like Jake pointed out, being in a dome, too, I mean, Detroit's going to be as comfortable as they can possibly be right there. It's going to be loud in that dome, guys. It's going to be loud. That that fan base is rejuvenated now, which, by the way, you notice how everybody's showing Eminem at the games now, right? Oh, yeah, there, there's so many fair weathers. How long did you yeah. never see Eminem yeah, at a Lions game? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, none of these fans. Like, it ain't even just Eminem. None of y'all. None of yeah. you Detroit Lions fans. Where have you been? You're all fair weather. And you guys are still <laughs> acting. Man, I hope we beat them, dude. Don't even get me started. I can't stand these Lions fans. Tim came, here, Tim came here on the Lions fans. Faker <laughs> did a three dollar bill, man. Chippy. Yeah, I'm no, I can't. Hey, I told you what I dealt with last time in person when they came into Lambo and disrespected us. So, I would love to return the favor, um, honestly. And I remind them every time, y'all haven't won nothing. You haven't yeah. won anything, and you are still acting like you guys are Super Bowl champs. And it's, I just don't see it. Yeah, look at look at all the fans at the game now when their teams when their teams good trending upward, right? We got we got legions of fans that sat through the dark ages with our team and went absolutely nowhere. So, yeah, miss me with these with these flaky Detroit fans. And now Eminem's up there in the in the box taking pictures every game, and he's always got that look, the big tough guy look, like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a Detroit staple right there. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of my and I used to be a big Eminem fan when I was younger. Boy, I could to this oh, day yeah. 
still know every word to most of his first two albums. Take me back so, to high school, right, Clayton? People are going, what are you talking about? Clayton, you grew up in Kentucky, bro. In my CD changer, it was Merle Haggard next to Tupac, next to Kenny Chesney, next to Eminem. <laughs> I listened to everything, man. Everything. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's not awesome, Tim. I was a nutcase. Um, <laughs> Omer in the chat says, Reed is the guy, has to play, and then Ford and Jair back. Uh, picture looks much better than uh, – I don't know if there was another one. I guess there wasn't. Yeah, with what you're saying about Reed, yeah, Reed, Reed is the guy who has to play. If Reed's out there, I feel a lot better. Um, you get Ford and Jair back, that's going to be a huge boost. If you know, I, I don't think I don't think Savage is even up to return this week. We were just kind of talking in advance on him, but the thought of Rudy Ford and Anthony Johnson Jr. being back there and having Savage in the slot, Tim, I feel a little bit better about the secondary. Secondary's been playing good. Um, here I have I've hated on Savage this whole time, but understand that's at the safety position, man. I just don't like him at that safety position. I really, really don't. Um, he just I don't know, man. I don't want to dog the guy too much, but. Let's see here. Sam in the chat. Good to see you, Sam. He said, I'm manifesting J-Love eating the turkey after the game. Well, could you imagine he go out there and throw for 340 yards? Like somebody said here, somebody was on the reefer yesterday talking about him throwing for 400 yards and six tuds, right? Love it. Uh, I would love to see that. Yeah, man, that, that would be absolutely awesome, Sam. Appreciate you swinging through, buddy. Uh, Eric Sutherland said, Packers are going to make Thanksgiving my Christmas pack. It's 27 Packers 27, sorry, make my Christmas pack. 27, Lions 24, Carlson at the buzzer. Let's go click the bloody piss out of it, man. That's what I'm talking about. Kick the bloody piss out of it. Um, let's see, we already hit Sam's. Jake said, coverage might have to help out the pass rush in this one. Yeah, let's do that. You know, we got a little bit of time here. I was going to hold off until tonight since the chat was absolutely lit up, but we'll come back to the chat here in a second as we get ready to wrap up. Man, you guys are awesome. Dude. This is what we wanted the morning show to be is a chance for you guys to to voice your opinion. So when we look at it, let's uh, let's talk about defense real quick. So our base defense, Tim, you can go ahead and kill your camera, get in there close like the old man that you and I are. Um, <laughs> what Jake's saying here, I'm going to drop your comment down, Jake. Let me make sure I don't lose it, though, buddy. I want to come back to it and remember what you asked or what you said. So, on their offensive line, yeah, I see what you're saying. Decker at left tackle, 77.3. Sewell at right tackle, 85.8. This is a this is an absolute just a a uh, just an a, a perfect version of what I think the offensive line should be built like. Tim, to me, left tackle first and foremost, most important. Then center, and then sure up the rest of the line. Look at Ragnow, 82.5. Like I said, Decker at left tackle, 77.3. Sewell, uh, the second highest graded tackle in all of football to 85.8 at the right tackle position. You got Glasgow um, at the uh, right guard position at 77.7. The only weak link is uh, Sarstall at 44.6 at left guard. Um, I see what you're saying, Jake. Going to have to be uh, some extra cover in there, man. This is uh, if you get a sack in this game, it's probably going to be a coverage sack. We always say pressure pick coverage sack. Probably going to be a coverage sack if you get one here. Now you got Rashawn Gary going on Sewell. You got Preston Smith having a pretty good year going up against Decker. There in the middle, Kenny Clark had a great game this last game. I think the goal would be to place play kind of a three to four tech on the right side from the offensive lines position and try to get Kenny singled up on that left guard. You know, they showed a lot of five-man fronts where you would have Rashawn Gary wide nine over the right tackle right on outside. They would have another lineman there in the four, uh, four to five tech and then have uh, Kenny kind of fan way out uh, on the left guard's outside shoulder, Preston Smith in a wide nine. Now that makes you very, very vulnerable to that inside run where you've got so many bodies uh, as far as a hat count if you want to run weak there on the left side. But I think that's the the biggest chance you got to get pressure uh, on the quarterback here. They got a solid offensive line, Tim. What else sticks out to you here when we're talking about twelve personnel against our base thirty-four? Um, yeah, exactly what Jake brought up. You know, our our secondary has got to be they got to be on their p's and q's, man. Uh, I'm looking at Valentine going up against uh, uh, St. Brown. I mean, we're going to get a real good understanding who Karen Carrington Valentine really truly is. Um, watching him try and handle that and uh yeah that w we're gonna need those coverage coverage type sacks because it might be the only way we we get a sack on the quarterback um no but you know there's some truth to what you said too about kenny trying to trying to keep him on uh in a situation where he can uh 
hopefully just take uh, that left guard right into the quarterback like we've seen him do a few times recently. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, and seeing seeing these with the grades up here like this, it doesn't doesn't make me more excited. But uh, <laughs> reality setting in on all of us right now, Tim. <laughs> exactly, and it's almost like you have to have that um, because you know I, when Jake first brought that up, I was thinking like, oh, are we talking like maybe uh, dial up some nickel blitz, right? You know, or get a mm-hmm. safety, safety coming down, and it's like that isn't going to work. <laughs> That's not going to work on this Detroit team. And it's going to expose us big time on the back end if we try that. Um, so things like you preach all the time, we got to make sure that we're, we're winning the hat count for sure. We cannot get caught with our pants down um, on defense because, you know, Goff and these lines have been exploiting that all year. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Yeah. You know, if, if you get if they get a favorable matchup, they're going to exploit it and they're going to make you pay. Yeah. Um, we have to limit those explosive plays, man. That's that's what's going to make or break us in this game. And um, again, PFF grade or not, you know, looking at J.O. back there with that 48.5, you know, looking like a, a yellow light at a on, a on a traffic signal. Hopefully this guy can uh, step up more and get towards the green category here. And it's going to start with, you know, tackling. We talked about the basics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Barry could put them in a position like we've seen countless times this year. Scheme them up to be in a position to make a play. Are you going to make the play? Are you going to finish the tackle? Um, those are things that are going to be huge in this game. But I think you're right. You know, c- coverage is going to be critical to how this front is able to work. Because if if the back end is not holding up, I mean, who cares about what's going on up front? We we already know these guys are going to have their hands full trying to get a pass rush. You know, so uh, our corners and safeties, linebackers, they got to they got to get it done. T- done tomorrow for sure look at this right here man mike hebring with the super chat apparently amaz st brown doesn't know names on our defense now some of you guys are going what are you talking about what does that mean let me show you i actually just looked tim so i'm going to share the screen here real, real quick hopefully nothing's inappropriate actually let me click on this tweet so nothing is inappropriate sometimes my timeline goes nuts and i have to ban people because they want to post adult content but uh let's see here this was a uh, tweet just shared here. Let's see if you can get this on screen. Let me know if you uh, if you see it, Tim. Got it? Yep. All right. So it says, Lions receiver Amon Ross St. Brown on playing the Packers on Thanksgiving. Quote, I'm going to be honest. I can't name a single player on that defense. Good. You're going to remember them all after tomorrow. Bro, that's, that's what I'm talking about, Mike. That's the fuel you need. Let, yep. Now, Put if, that up on the board in the meeting no, room. Forget the board. Put it up. Put it up on the video board in the auditorium. You get in there. You get in the meeting room with the players. Put that right. I'm talking about full screen. Bunch of damn no names in here, boys. Don't know if y'all knew that or not, but got a bunch of no names. That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. And, and you know, it's kind of crazy because, bro, you were a no name not too long ago yourself. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, uh, and Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Thank you, you were awesome, dude. Thank you for bringing that to our attention there. Um, Omer in the chat said yes. Besides Dan Campbell calling our team soft too, so throw that up there too. Throw it all up there. I want to see Mike. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Matt Lafleur go over there and, and trip Dan Campbell and gnaw on his ankle. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> could you imagine Dan Campbell fighting Matt Lafleur? <laughs> well, that that would be a quick fight. Let's be real. <laughs> Rich Versace come in, the old Paisana come in with a with a revolver or something. You only know, take care of business, handle it the right way. Um, now, nah, man, that's uh, all jokes aside. That that type of stuff right there, Mike, what you shared, buddy. Um, that's a good thing for the Packers. That's a real good thing for the Packers. If if he come out and go, yeah, man, you know they're they're pretty banged up, but they still got a lot of talent on this defense. I'd be going, crap, we ain't got a chance, <laughs> right? right. So. That's awesome. Um, good find there, Mike, for sure. All right, as we get ready to wrap up here, Tim, party, parting thoughts, man. Anything else you want to cover? We were going to get into the PFF preview like we just did briefly. We'll save it for PTA Live tonight. We kind of touched on it with Jake asking the question there. But we'll get into you know, the, the, the specifics of the betting line, all of that, the over-under. 
Um, we'll, we'll hit the summary from PFF. We'll go through the uh, base, the, the offense, the 12 personnel offense. We'll go through our 11. We'll get back to their base, their nickel, um, that type of thing, see where the matchups are. We'll also talk about the remaining schedule and the playoff picture, which is uh, continues to, uh, you know, kind of show up here. And it's, you know, when you look at the playoff picture, just really briefly, guys, there you are. You see that line underneath the seven, right? We're right, right on the cusp, guys. It's it's wild to me. Look at all those four win teams. That's, yep. that's crazy, Tim. Packers, Rams, Falcons, Buccaneers, Commanders. The teams we're going to be watching this week. By the way, Seattle. Check this out, guys. Dallas. Obviously, um, the NFC East is going to the Eagles, right? So the Dallas is, Dallas Cowboys are sitting at seven and three. We got a much better chance of catching Seattle before Dallas, right? Um, obviously, Seattle and San Francisco is in the same division, so you know uh, the way that's going to fall. Um, Seattle plays San Francisco in the very late game. Uh, Dallas plays Washington, which it doesn't even really matter. I guess it does. Washington's right down here. Dallas knocks them off. Now they'll drop below us. If we somehow, some way beat the Lions and we we climb to five wins, now all that's ahead of us is going to be, and let's say the Seahawks do lose to the 49ers there at the end. I mean, you're you're now – you have two teams – within reach of falling out of that number seven uh, seed range and the Packers sliding right in. It's about to get good, man. Um, if they could just somehow, some way come away with a win here, dude. Jake, Jake brought it up. I believe, I think it was last night when we were mm -hmm. on, you know, we got to steal one of these two games. If we can do that, we, we, we will find ourselves in the mix, man. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of four win teams out there. A lot of things, you know, this is what's so great about the NFL, right? We watch, you know, from the beginning all the way up to this point in the season, and it's like, man, this year could end totally different. A lot of a lot of shifting and maneuvering can happen in these in the seating here towards the end of the season. So you want to just put yourself in a position to to be playing meaningful football down the stretch. And the Packers are not out yet. I've been saying this all along. You know, uh, you know, we can we can talk about playoffs. We won't too much. But hey, man, for for a team full of rookies and second year players, man, we're right there in the NFC right now. It's all in front of us. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Deb Fish in the chat says, Seattle plays San Francisco twice, Philly and Dallas the next four weeks. That could very well be four losses for sure. I mean, if you had to have me bet on those four games, I'm probably I'm probably picking all losses. Um, doesn't mean it's a guarantee, obviously, but, yeah. It's set up, man, for special things to happen for sure, Tim. All right, let's get out of here, dude. Let's you, go. Uh, you pop my uh, screen up here real quick for my, oh, yeah. my yeah, final for sure. thought. Just real quick. For all you haters out there. <laughs> We're going to win. <laughs> We're going to win. <laughs> You're going to win. You're going to You're You're going to You see me hit Mike Hebring with that with that glove right there. And <laughs> Mike Mike took the glove on the kisser. Hey, dude, <laughs> you could tell too that wasn't fake. That wasn't special. He really hit that kid right in the mouth. With that glove. <laughs> love it. No, I'm just I'm joking. You know, Mike Mike knows ball. He knows he he gets it. I'm I'm just having a little fun here, guys. Hey, anybody, any day, any given Sunday, Thursday, whatever, we got a chance, right? We're suiting up. We're going out and playing this game in between the lines. It's not played on paper. It's not played on YouTube with a bunch of knuckleheads like us talking. It's played on the field. So go, Pat, go. I don't care if we win by one. Let's get the dub. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, if they somehow, some way, come away with a victory tomorrow, there is no one on the face of the earth expecting us to win that game. I think some of the people that picked us to win in this chat don't really believe it. But I appreciate the enthusiasm. Um, all right, guys, we'll be back tonight. Uh, for PTA Live at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Like I said, we'll do the full PFF preview of the game tomorrow, get you guys all set up. The goal will be to do a good morning football – or I'm sorry, good morning Lambo tomorrow um, where we can uh, kind of do kind of a – it won't necessarily be a, a quote-unquote pregame show because we won't have the actives inactives, but we'll just kind of get you guys set for the, uh, the early kickoff there before I head out of town and meet family. The, the goal will be to – if I can get home in time, we will do a post-game show tomorrow night. It's just going to be later than usual. Instead of immediately following the game, it most likely will be, you know, a little later in the evening. But we'll try to get that put together, too. I know, Tim, you got to do some traveling, so I may be flying solo, which is totally cool. You uh, safe travels. 
heading out of town and all that good stuff. Enjoy family, man, for sure. But again, uh, will you uh, will you be here tonight? You will, right? Tonight I'll be. Yeah, tonight okay. for sure. And cool. then, um, yeah, probably a couple of days off for the holiday, but uh, be back as soon as possible. Awesome. Sounds good, buddy. Well, uh, for those of you hanging out with us, we really appreciate you. Go ahead and hit that like button for us. Help us boost that algorithm. We uh, we would certainly appreciate that. want to give a special shout out to SKL um, and Mike Hebring with the Super Chats. Thank you guys for supporting the stream. Everyone in the chat, thank you all for contributing. You are absolutely awesome this morning. This is becoming my new favorite show. Uh, I'm a morning person anyway, so anytime you get to get in here and just grab a cup of coffee or, like we said, some of that cheap diesel today with the Coke Zero sponsor of the show. Um, we uh, it's, it's always fun to get in here and chop it up with you guys first thing in the morning. So uh, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Paco. go.